0: heathens with zero respect for the law But we're only songwriters just writing our songs and that's all We write what we live and we live what we write Is that wrong? If you think it is Mr. Music Executive, why don't Write your own songs hey, uh, A somber intro to the podcast this week, everybody. That's uh, some Willie Nelson and uh, Waylon. I believe it's Waylon Jennings, Jenkins. Uh, it's, it's not my time. but uh, what I will say is what an appropriate song for today. We uh, after learning a bit more about him, we may very well start writing your own songs. Yes, this week the uh, the mystery himself is our guest, But before we get into that, you are of course listening to the fantasy uh, podcast called Helmet to Helmet. And uh, I am your host, Connor Jones. I am the commissioner of the Shit Show Fantasy Football League, and it is my honor to put this on for the eight active members of my league, uh, not including myself, of course. And, uh, you know, this one guy that we're going to interview later. Um, Of course, if you'd like to follow me for some outside-of-podcast ramblings, that would be uh, on Twitter, at Rambler underscore Jones, or you can follow the podcast on Twitter as well. That's Helmet, the number two helmet. That's the at there. Now, uh, of course, if you haven't already, there are, I think... 12 other podcasts other than this one go back and listen it uh it won't cost you anything but time and if you like what you hear you can always support the podcast with actual money that's uh dinero for christian who lives so south in california it's practically mexico um of course by supporting us i don't just get to walk away with money and buy myself fancier things I put it back into this. I use it to uh, to travel, to interview people, to upgrade equipment. You know, maybe one day we'll have our own musical drops. So we don't have to rely on Willie Nelson or uh, anyone else. I guess uh, we can just sort of step into the rest of the podcast now. Uh, but before we get into things that have happened, let's look ahead at what's going to happen. And uh, alert... There will be another bipocalypse next week. That's week 11. Uh, excuse me, week 12. What week are we on now? Who cares? This is a very aloof podcast host here. Bipocalypse part 2 is not this weekend, but the following week. Uh, you will have another six teams off. So that will be week 12, now that my memory has worked. So beware. Pay attention. And uh, for the, like I said, eight active listeners of this podcast, we are looking at a proposal suggested by Mr. John Musis, who you will hear next week on the pod. Uh, He wants to know if we're willing to take off the two-point advantage for the uh, higher seeded teams in the playoffs, Uh, argument being now that we have a bye week, there's already an advantage given to a higher seeded team. Why give one every single week? It could very well sway a game, just like we will learn. It could have been a swaying factor if they were enacted for this week's games. We'll get into that in a moment. I guess to start things off, we have a quick question, or rather a pair of quick questions. The first one, this is literally the last word I'll make about it because I am so fucking done. Lev Bell for those who did not know, did not report today, which makes him ineligible to play for the rest of the season. Now, the only person that affects is our guest later today. But the quick question is, where will he go? Who signs him next year? Uh, I believe this question is basically assuming that the Steelers are done. And I agree. Steelers are done. Um, But let's be honest. What he's just done is proven that he doesn't really care too much about loyalty. He doesn't care about his teammates. He is frankly a perfect fit for the soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders. You want to talk about a team that's taken a gamble. They already have a 10-year coach who's shit. They're letting him trade away all of their top players like they were just candy at a Halloween party. And why not take a gamble on Lev Bell? Why not? Screw it. I I think attitude-wise, I think uh, the way he runs, that's what the Raiders want. Um, Who knows, though? I really don't see a great opportunity outside of that. There's just nowhere else in the league that I feel like would want to put up with his bullshit. Maybe if Frank Gore retires this year, maybe Miami. I mean, but that's just... I haven't even given that much deeper thought. He did spend way too much time down in Miami while he was uh not playing football, so we'll see. There's a there's a lot of options, I suppose, but I just no, nowhere makes sense. It wouldn't surprise me either if the whole league kind of banded together to say like, "Hey, nobody else is allowed to do this." Screw off. So, and uh John texted me before I recorded this podcast, and he said, "Hey, with Lev Bell out, how's that? Uh, how's that James Connor trade feeling?" And uh, you know what, John? I bet it. I bet it feels every bit as great as your wide receiver core right now. We'll get into why that sucks so bad for you in a few moments. But uh, no, of course it doesn't feel good, man. Oh, when you make trades based on assumptions that talking heads for the NFL are saying what else are you supposed to do that's like putting on a raincoat because the weatherman says it might rain I made the best decision I could with the information I had at the time could I have held on maybe but if you looked at my roster at the time James Conner was the best short-term trade I could have made I did I go for somebody who was likely to go on IR I don't think anyone knew at the time but if you, in a vacuum, where both players were healthy, if you said to me that the prospect of Lev Bell returning, looming over James Connors' upside, straight up for a healthy Devontae Freeman, I would have made that trade every day of the week. Did it not pan out for me? No. But that's why football is played. That said, uh, you know... We'll see how effective he really can be. I was talking with a a good friend at work who was uh, reminded me that if you look at not necessarily rookie running backs, but running backs who have uh, been given the bell cow role for the first time in a season, or in in their career, they absolutely start to drop off a bit at the end of the year. You can say what you want about them being young, fresh, hungry, but there's a reason why with the exception of the truly top elite veteran players, like Ezekiel uh, Elliott, like a uh, David Johnson, who don't have their drop-off, when you haven't had to be the bell cow for a full 16 games, you start to fade even just a little bit. Now, we'll see if that even affects James Conner, but that is something to consider. It's also something to consider for someone like Saquon Barkley. If you think that that is a very real possibility for a player that gets ridden, basically, for what they're worth... Uh, it's worth it's worth at least considering looking at a trade. I won't say go and trade them at all. James Conner, Saquon Barkley, those players are great players. A trade would only make sense if you were getting, you know, uh, a Zeke or a David Johnson in return. Uh, equal value, I would say. And that's only if you're low on rookie longevity. But look, and look historically, I think it's more than half the time they have a significant drop-off in the last, I've got, it's got to be only maybe the last four games, but that's all speculation, and uh, other than Jace, I don't know that anybody else really enjoys the speculation of how good their team could have done or not done based on players not dropping off or not getting traded or what have you. So I guess that lets us uh, move on to uh, just a little bit of news, just in case... What, do you live under a rock? Well, in case you were uh, not one of the teams benefiting from them and chose to not look at your, your matchup all weekend, what might be some news to you is seven players this week scored over 30 points. And what's nuts about that? is only three of them were quarterbacks. I take that back. I think it's eight players, actually. I think I forgot to count Baker Mayfield in that original number. Eight players, three of them quarterbacks. That means there were five position players that got you over 30 points. Let me put that in perspective for you. In our half-point league, that is half-point per reception, for those who are outside our league, a perfect team, meaning top to bottom, the best players you could have played, would have scored you 257.5 points in half point PPR. That's insane. Now, Jace, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say, "Well, I, I scored 167." Eh, good for you, buddy. Good for you. I still think our league high was 175. That's a great that's a great score. But it's only I'm only being uh, a prick right now because, well, it's you. Let's be honest. Uh In other news, in news we can actually take action on, Lev who? Moving on. Randall Cobb, that's a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, is not traveling with the team to Seattle for Thursday Night Football. He will be out. Is it Thursday Night Football? It's got to be Thursday Night Football, because why would he travel to the team on Wednesday? Tuesday. Uh, AJ Green, there is speculation now he will not come back until December. Now, that's coming from someone like Schefter or Rappaport. So, like, again, these are the people who said Lev Bell would come back. And, well, we all saw how that happened. Take it with a grain of salt, but do be aware. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is uh, on the IR. He tore his uh, ACL during the Rams game. And uh, it just, it sucks. Mostly because he was a great player. And actually, as much as I hate the Rams, he was exciting to watch. Now, you'll forgive me, I never root for injuries to any player whatsoever, Nathan. But for those who are wishing ill upon a first-year player to our league, kick an ass in the playoffs... Between AJ Green and Cooper Cup, those were the top two wide receiver options for a Mr. John Musis. I'll uh, pick his brain about how he feels about that next week. But you just gotta wonder—you know—is—is is this at this point are we uh, are we all just clinging on for dear life? Um... I guess the last big piece of information, Marvin Jones is now day-to-day. Uh, I believe it was uh, like a leg issue. I, I didn't get enough details there because when I saw day-to-day, I assumed it wasn't going to be big. He may very well be held out this coming weekend, so start your Kenny Galladay's and whoever the heck else is in that, that uh, wide receiver core anymore. Um, but that's a bump up. For Even if he does play, but is day-to-day with this injury, that's a bump up for other Detroit wide receivers. If you need a wide receiver, if your name is John, and you're not going to have either of your two good wide receivers this week, and you're relying just on Juju, uh, Smith-Schuster that is, not just, you know, good Juju, um maybe pick up... Ah, oh, man, I am so blanking on the name. There is another... Definitely flex-worthy wide receiver in Detroit. I would look at him over somebody like Christian Kirk, who, as we'll hear in a moment, uh, nearly screwed Christian out of his win this week. Now, uh, speaking of that, let's talk a little bit more about players who, uh, who didn't do so hot for us. You suck! So, uh, this one feels great to say out loud. Benjamin Watson... Benny Watts sucked. He got .6. Now, we're in a half-point PPR league. A .6 point uh, total means that he caught a ball and could only make it a yard. Or he caught a ball a yard away and just got tackled immediately. Either way, this is a six-foot-tall man playing professional sports. I'm not happy about it. Uh... The Jets' defense, I don't normally add defenses in here, but they get a special place because, come on, you're playing the backup quarterback for the Bills, all right? You were a top 10 D on the year playing the Bills. How do you get just walloped like that? Negative seven points. Yeah, no thank you. We, of course, have a pair of Howards on this uh, You Suck segment. That'd be Jordan and OJ. Jordan only got you 3.7. It seems like every other week it's either Jordan or Tariq for the Chicago Bears, running backs, of course. OJ Howard only got you two points. Tight end for Tampa Bay, unless I'm mistaken. Just ugly. Ugly. Not, not playing to his potential right now. But, of course, anything's better than... Uh, than Jared Cook, so good on you, John, for not playing Jared Cook. Uh, a uh, A Mister Thomas Brady approaching his fiftieth year is looking it. He has not been good this year. He only got you eleven point five points. I know what you're thinking. That's a that's a sizable amount of points. He is a quarterback. That is not even half of what Tom Brady normally gets. Well, maybe a little more than half this season at least. Just. Awful. Patriots were not good this week. And that's why Sony Michel pops right up here. He got you 3.1. Now, he came into the game injured. He was questionable to start. But come on. 3.1 points for a starting running back for supposedly one of the most prolific winning teams in football? Ah, maybe their bells rung. Maybe this is the beginning of the end. We'll see. We got uh, David Njoku, another sophomore, uh, tight end, along with his counterpart OJ Howard. That's, uh, 2.3 points. That's not doing it for you. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm looking now. I'm putting this all together. There are one, two, three, four. I have five shitty tight ends in our players who sucked section. That's, that's half our league. And now that's not to say that, you know, there were uh, there weren't players who were just kind of middling eight points or more. Zach Ertz is the only one who really uh, popped off for you. Austin Hooper wasn't horrible either, but tight ends are just not what they were last year. Um, but moving forward, Calvin Ridley, you know, five point five that uh, that didn't kill you in the cradle. But that's definitely not what you were hoping for. And uh, Devin Funchess, another wide receiver, 4.7. aforementioned tight ends. That would include Jack Doyle here with 5.1 points. Frankly, I think I might need to lower the bar on the standard of tight ends because 5.1, I'd actually be fine with 5.1 with a backup tight end. Are you kidding me? Uh, Jarvis Landry only got you 3.2 kind of weird he has not done shit since they shipped out josh gordon jimmy graham i mean one of the one of the best quarterbacks in the league and he ends up with 1.9 points that's a reception for 14 yards eesh quincy Noonan got you 3.8 i'm not gonna kick someone while they're down but michael remind me again when Noonan was gonna look like a really good pickup just remind me again I'm waiting. Christian Kirk. That was a a late pickup by Christian in our league. Uh, Fun fact, for those who weren't aware, because I don't think it ever got out, but Christian was considering picking up off the waiver wire. And he was like, I don't know who to get. And I said, dude, they all suck. And I I mean, of course, I say they all suck. Of course, some people popped off, but the logical options ended up not doing you too well, uh, too well anyway. So I said, man, let's do some mix of a trade, and he passed. He passed on any number of trades. He tried to I think he wanted Larry Fitzgerald for Peyton Barber, and it wasn't a bad trade, but I see more upside to Larry Fitz than Peyton Barber, so I tried to mix it around and tried to make it mutually beneficial, and, you know, it didn't go through, and that's the way it works sometimes. No hard feelings, but he picked up Christian Kirk, and he got him a nice 1.9 points so to you Christian uh a uh, a Mr. Andrew Dalton that would be uh former well I wish I could say former quarterback for Cincinnati Bengals uh you want to talk about a player who's crapped the bed for more consecutive seasons than I would care to count with the exception of course of several streaks of games. In those different seasons. I I know Jace especially has a hard-on for... Who is affectionately known as the Red Rocket. But Andy Dalton... For how bad he is... Let's call it 75% of the time. Zero... Quarterback controversy there. It's not like they're saying... Ah, yeah, you know, we got... This young buck behind him. We'll put him in. Zero quarterback controversy. I... I certainly can't believe it because frankly if Andy Dalton played for oh I don't know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers they would have swapped him out for his backup by now <laughs> or uh, if he was the uh, Cleveland Browns quarterback he would have already been gone as of three years ago so just get us to show what the hell can happen but we'll have to move forward here we got a couple uh, matches of the week. No way, I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. So, you don't want to talk about not giving up? We had two, I'll say, close games go into uh, go into Monday Night Football that were decided by the San Francisco defense. Now, I know what you're thinking. Only one game technically had the San Francisco defense on someone's roster. But, listen to this. Daniel and his Make Demarius Great Again team had OBJ, and they needed 17.3 points to win over Nathan, who uh, whose Kung Brown Chicken team had already finished scoring for the week, right? Now, 17.3 for somebody like OBJ... I know OBJ can pop off, don't get me wrong, but I usually put my confidence level at, you know, elite wide receivers at like 15, because that's like 60 yards, a couple of uh, couple of receptions in a half point league, and a touchdown, right? <coughs> now, uh, OBJ gave him what I do believe was 21.3 points, so he ended up doing totally fine Uh, and that came on the back of a second half quarter uh, excuse me touchdown from his crappy quarterback Eli Manning Uh, sadly that uh, that wasn't enough to save Austin's game now Austin and his still yet to be renamed for the 2018 season goodwill hunting was only 1.8 points behind our guest tonight, owns Discount Belichick. Uh, and uh, all own had was the 49ers D. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're up by 1.8 points, why take a chance on a player who, or a, a position that can very easily go into negative points? Facing the Giants, what if the Giants just popped off this afternoon? I say pop off a lot this podcast. Woo! Let's just say the Giants have a fantastic game. Uh, which is possible 49ers defense ain't stout a negative two would have swung the game personally would I get a lot of shit for it maybe but the logical thing to do would be to bench your defense I'll let y'all contest how you feel about that I know it's a hot topic is it not sporting sure but I'd rather take the win. I mean, it's let me put it this way: this isn't a playoff game. It's not like either of these two players are uh, really in too much contention for anything. We'll get to that a little bit later. But man, uh, yeah, that could have gone very badly. Lucky for your own, they actually ended up uh, holding on to three points. They got a sack there to help uh, keep them from dropping into less than three. But you know, three points because they gave up twenty-seven points and uh, I think less than three hundred yards. So good for them, I guess. Your uh, own being a uh, one of two, two and seven, two and seven teams. Um, you know, it was kind of an ugly matchup, but you can't hold a win against somebody. Now, that said. I can hold a loss against somebody, and I, I don't want to kick him while he's down. But Austin, man. I I just... It's not a huge fuck-up moment, I'll admit. But playing Deion Lewis over Matt Bareda. I I do welcome hearing what your input was, what your thought process was, because to me, I just hear Deion Lewis versus New England Patriots. Nah, Patriots aren't a crazy defense, but still. Uh, I would much rather look at the plus matchup of Matt Beretta and a porous Giants defense. I... Everyone makes decisions. Like I said, I welcome hearing what it was about. I would love to know. But whoa. That's, uh... To me, that... That's not a, a play I would have made. And obviously, to anybody who watched Monday Night Football and saw the two touchdowns that Matt Beretta scored, that, uh, that would have absolutely won the game, considering that he still only lost by, like, five points. So, uh... The point difference between Dion Lewis and Matt Burrito was like over 19 points. Sorry, Austin. But, uh, you know, we have something to look forward to. We uh, actually are very close. Closer than we were last week, go figure, because that's how time works. To the playoffs alright Austin you can stop crying now playoffs baby playoffs. playoffs so uh we started this segment last week I liked it I'm keeping it around I'm just updating it I will not go into as much depth as I did last week though because whew, that was a lot of math for one week uh, I might do it again every other week we'll see how I feel next week if I lose next week I'll probably not even want to fucking do this I'm that close, you guys. I'm that close. I'm living on the edge. My psyche, whew, can't handle it. Anyway, the here and now. Our current playoff analysis, based on this week's wins and losses, breaks down as such. I will congratulate Frenchy lavalette and his newly renamed Welcome to Mahomes team, since he traded away Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I didn't go over that. Whoops. There was a trade. I'll add it in the contested catch section. But, uh, in fact, did I even mention that last week? It had to have been over the last week. We want to talk about a uh, absentee commissioner here. You'll have to let me know when this trade happened, but anyway, the trade happened. He no longer has Aaron Rodgers, and now his team is called Welcome to Mahomes. Anyway, congratulations, you have a 100% chance of making the playoffs. You are statistically incapable of not making the playoffs, which will make you really happy, and I can just imagine you doing your stupid little <coughs> thing that you do. Um, congratulations. In additional congratulations to Daniel Yost, who also is statistically incapable of missing the playoffs. Now, I don't want you guys uh, to misunderstand me. You can still lose your number one seed and your playoff uh, first round bye week. But you are not able to lose your actual uh, berth into the playoffs. So, good for you. Now, Nathan... After this loss this week, he's still at more than 99% chance of making the playoffs. So, it it may be safe to say. <laughs> Honestly, who knows? I believe these calculations are taking into effect uh, the chances that you don't score enough points to beat out somebody in a tie. So, this is basically saying, Nathan, your record is good enough that even if you tied somebody your points would likely help nudge you over. I'm assuming. That's also what I'll have to say for uh, Jace and your Christian Mingle team, as much as that name is frankly not applicable and kind of annoying right now. Uh, I don't know why it annoys me, actually. I'll have to think about that for next week's pod. But you're also at more than 99%. Congratulations. Now, uh, John dropped from more than 99% chance to only 99% chance with his loss to me this week. Now, I don't know what that bodes, but it doesn't sound like it bodes particularly well. But 99% is a lot of percent, so you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Now, Marty. Marty. Marty, Marty. Well, first I'll tell you, you've dropped to 59% chance of making the playoffs. That's still two-thirds. Don't get your panties in a twist yet. Well, a little less than two-thirds, so maybe get a little bit in a twist. Get a little less than two-thirds of your panties in a twist. How's that? But Marty, this is, this is for you. I'm coming for you. And I'm going to take your playoff spot. Because... nobody... locks me out of the playoffs. Anyway, uh, I've been bumped to a 38% chance of making the playoffs. Of course, I've explained last week that's not to say that if I roll the dice I'll somehow get in. I literally basically need to win out. Uh, At the very least, I need to beat two of the top teams that I'm playing in the next two weeks... Sorry if I'm overanalyzing my own. It's the only one I've actually taken a lot of time to look at because obviously I'm, I'm invested. I'm a real guy playing real fantasy football. Well, that's an oxymoron. I'm a real guy playing this real fake game. And uh, I'm in it. I'm in the trenches. It's why my advice is so shitty. It's because I am clouded by what I think needs to happen. But anyway, 38% your own. Holding on to that 1%. In fact, your own could still make it. As could uh, aforementioned Michael Weatherhead and his Once in a Lifetime team. That's uh, That's also at 1%. The both of you, technically, if you won out from now and Marty lost out and I didn't win enough to out uh outperform either of you. One of you based on points could win a playoff spot. Uh and gosh. Uh everybody pour out a fosters for the former Thunder down under. Now it's uh more like a, a little bit of a A drizzle down under that's austin's team uh i you know i'm not one to speculate but i have a feeling it has to do with having the same name as last year come on man (sighs) zero percent chance i'm sorry bud but you know what there's a chance that both champs could be knocked out of the playoffs as much as i want to pretend i have a great chance of making it i have to be realistic and i'm a man of the people So, if we're being honest, there's probably a healthy portion of you who just want me to fuck off and not make it to the playoffs. I mean, with my team, who can blame you guys for being scared? Anyway, as I mentioned at the very top of the podcast, now we are at the very bottom of the podcast, we have the mute, the myth, the legend, your own in an exclusive interview Phoning it in. all right now i'd like to make sure to thank our uh, our excellent guest this week for joining us a new friend of the show that would be uh your own your own how are you doing today
1: i'm good you finally got my name right that's a that's a welcome surprise
0: yeah it uh it it took a correction from john actually uh And I I guess that helps lead us in. What to ask what brought you to to our league would I guess be a little odd since uh (laughs) the connection is John, but how how did that all develop?
1: Uh we've been John and I have been friends since we were about 13 years old. We met in junior high school. Awesome, awesome guy. And uh we had played in fantasy football together. probably about five or six years in our own separate league, but we've kind of both gotten out of it in recent years. And uh, you like kind of threw me a lifeline when you told him about your league. And by the way, just so you know, like, my name is extremely difficult for people to pronounce, which is why like whenever I'm in restaurants or making reservations, I just go by the name Patrick because it's so much easier for everybody.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Patrick. Yeah. That's good to know. That's good to know. That's uh, interesting. I'll make his uh, Facebook messenger nickname Patrick. Uh, the, uh, I guess, so obviously, uh, through John, you joined our league this year, but what's, um, well, I guess nobody really knows anything about you, uh, (laughs) your own. So give us a, give us like a cliff note or give us the highlight reel, if you will. Oh, the highlight reel.
1: I'm, uh, a civil litigation attorney in Los Angeles, California, um, huge patriots fan i was like a patriots fan pre-belichick era like the the steve grogan years ouch oh yeah like big fan of like the neck brace like the steve grogan neck brace You you should all google image search that if you don't know what i'm talking about but yeah so those teams growing up and um got into fantasy football like when i was in college like pretty much most people i would imagine and um yeah just been probably playing consistently for about 10 years.
0: Huh. So, uh, well, I, I guess, uh, that helps carry us into league history playing for several years since college. How did you end up two and seven this year? (laughs) Um, I'm
1: going to blame the notorious auto draft. Is that a thing?
0: I'll give it to you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. John texted me several times, being the awesome guy that he is, and uh, tried to notify me that the draft was starting, and I kind of logged on right when it started, and I saw that Le'Veon Bell was my first auto-draft pick, and I was like, oh man, this is going good, so I just kind of left it to its own devices, and didn't turn out so well later on when I drafted a um, guy who was out for the season with the ACL tear, and Several other guys that I never would have picked blindfolded, but uh, yeah, that didn't get me off on the right foot.
0: The uh, the auto draft giveth, the auto draft taketh away, and I guess uh, that that really would have been a totally fine draft, except Lev Bell decided to uh, well, whatever it is you want to call he's doing, so
1: yeah, I mean, using my uh, legal background, I've pretty much. Spent most of the year threatening to sue Le'Veon Bell for damages unless he reports. So he's got until tomorrow, and then he owes me 25 bucks in league fees.
0: All right. Well, there you go. Uh, at least you got your half, uh, your half taken care of. That's good to know. <laughs> I'll, uh, I guess I, I'd like to ask. We know how your team has done this year. It looks like you are on the cusp of squeaking out a victory here as the 49ers defense is clutching to life Oh god. but it's within two points is it within two points now oh my god let's i'll take a look here it is oh what what it just went up do they get a ah there was a 49ers sack
1: congratulations
0: oh. you've gotten some breathing room i'm safe that'll get me to a salty what three and seven hey but that puts our former champion at two and eight, and that makes me just as happy.
1: <laughs> I'm, all about well, the spo- I'm all about the spoiler roll the rest of the year. So I'm all about knocking other people. I, I think I I think I actually played this gronk with the wind guy the last week of the season. That could be big.
0: Yeah, about that. I wanted to talk about a, uh, a settlement out of court on that one.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm pretty compelled to go to trial. So we'll see
0: what happens. Oh, great. <laughs> It'll be my luck Love Bell shows up tomorrow. Well <laughs> I i am I don't mind the role as a spoiler. In fact, uh despite the long odds going into this week for both you and Austin, uh I guess it's it's safe to say that with anybody, uh or I, I guess I should say either Jace and Marty losing and uh well and what, either
1: I'm mathematically
0: eliminated yet. No, Um, I don't believe anyone is mathematically eliminated. Uh, If Marty loses out and if I don't win enough games, uh, you could actually win out and take the sixth spot. uh, As long as no one else, you know, everyone else just does 500 between now and the end of the year.
1: I'm I'm kind of feeling it lately. I crushed John last week. I'm going to win this week. Like look, once I got over um, starting Jack Doyle for three straight weeks after he didn't see the sidelines for about a month and a half, I've pretty much been fine.
0: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if we uh if we take a little flashback here to uh your two victories to date, not including the potential win uh today, you toppled a surging michael with uh wentz in a lifetime that was uh that was a team that i at the very beginning of the season called a dark horse rookie candidate and then you came back and frankly walloped john with his uh his bi-week fiasco
1: that that felt really good i'm not gonna lie i mean i love john but like putting a 50 point pounding on him that that felt pretty amazing Especially I, if he's like a championship contender. He's got a solid team.
0: He really does. I do got to say, though, it does feel good to wallop, John. <laughs> I, I can concur on that one this week. That's something that unites us all. We can all get behind that. <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, see what John thinks about that opinion when we talk to him next week. Uh, okay, that's must must-listen podcast. That's what I'm saying. This is We're getting down to it. I, I guess it... Assuming that Nathan... I guess Nathan is losing this week. He may no longer be top dog when I finally can get him on the podcast, but we've been slowly climbing our uh, our seating, I guess, to get to our, um, our top players with these interviews. <laughs> now, uh, there's normally some questions here I'll throw in about choosing between players or uh, making trades, but I think knowing that Jack Doyle got to ride tight end as a... Uh, as an out and seeing as um, I think the only trade offer you've received might have been from Austin. And I don't think it was ever seen necessarily. I'll jump through those, but um, my real only choice
1: each week in choosing players is which of my seven quarterbacks I should be starting.
0: You know, I was saying to everyone else this, this week, I, I, I said, say what you want, but your own has his quarterbacks just on lock. You, <laughs> you, you played you, hands down your best quarterback this week. That would be Andrew Luck who squeezed out ahead of Carson Wentz by 0.1 points. So, so kudos. Not everybody has the clarity to see that.
1: Yeah. I probably rode that Jared, Jared Goff pony a little too long, but uh, you know, the Rams, with the Rams offense, I figured I would keep riding him until he broke, and yeah, you know, he pretty much broke. So,
0: yeah, well, and it might be hard to hold on to him for a little while after because Cup was his lifeline to pretty effective fantasy weeks. So, that
1: like for the year, that's a that's a big blow for them.
0: It is a big blow.
1: It's so, uh, John, and we all love to wall up on John.
0: Yeah, uh, let's see who does John get to play next week because that will be good watching oh boy Ooh, he's going to be playing Michael Weatherhead the Wentz in a Lifetime team oh boy. of course I think that also will depend upon who uh who loses more players for another bipocalypse. of course heads up everyone if I don't say it in the podcast before this interview bi doesn't,
1: doesn't Michael have to either uh offer me a trade for Carson Wentz or change his team name. There should be some like docking of wins there. I, I believe you said something about that in a past podcast.
0: Oof. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're right. I, I will give Michael a one week opportunity to change that. And yeah. then it'll be a five point dock, but uh, I have a great team.
1: He could just trade me Saquon Barkley for Wentz and, and then make it right.
0: Oh, there you go. Well, you right. heard it on the airwaves. There
1: you go. I'm open, Michael. Give me a buzz.
0: Of course, Michael, I, I have one recommendation for a team name if you need a team name, and that would be Dez on Arrival.
1: Oh, well done.
0: Uh, gosh, that's another thing I'm sure I've already hit in the podcast, but that's, uh, that's a whole different fiasco. <laughs> well, I guess your own, the last thing I would like to ask is, uh, well, not last penultimate is there a player and i, I know we're, we're close to the end already so it, we're dwindling down on options but do you see a player right now who you see as a pickup candidate that could win a league
1: oh wow i mean like sitting in my situation i'm going to tell you all it's levy on bell Unless, unless we've instituted a, a keeper league rule, in which case I'm sitting pretty for next year. Uh, no. I don't, that's, a, uh, that's a good question. Um, being as how I'm not super active on the waiver wire, but I don't know. Make, somebody making an offer for Lev Bell. Do we have this, this uh, draft pick rule for next year?
0: I, I don't believe that the rest of the league was very happy with it. <laughs> I think uh I, I know that hired. news news is probably hard to come by uh when the group chat moves as quickly as it does. I think you you might be a couple weeks behind. But um the, the overwhelming consensus was Hey, that's not fair. I didn't see that the first time he recommended it. So uh we're gonna just pretend I didn't say it and we'll make sure it's implemented at the top of the season next season. Hmm. That said, I'm uh, I'm quite curious, you know, yeah. growing up in uh growing up in LA, what what were uh some Sunday routines or some uh go-to snacks for you? that uh, you can share with the rest of us? Uh,
1: whatever John's doing, whatever John's eating, whatever John's doing, that's basically what I did. He's such a good guy. Mm. So, actually, John and I have a, a tradition. We've, we pretty much watch every Super Bowl together since we were teenagers. And if you want to, this is like a really underrated go-to snack. It's going to sound kind of hideous. It's almost like a, the Reese's peanut butter cup of football snacks but we had a friend named jason from new jersey and one year we watched the super bowl with him and he's like all right we need doritos like traditional nacho doritos and sour cream and we looked at each other we're like what the fuck it doesn't sound like it would be good it's fucking amazing and everybody should try it
0: I am, uh, I'm writing that down right now, but I, I got to tell you, hearing that it's from a guy in New Jersey, I already have a nickname for it, <laughs> if I may be so bold. You may. I would like to call that the Snooky Special.
1: Dude, traction. Immediate traction.
0: I'm just, I'm, I'm seeing uh, visions of bright orange mixed with creamy pasty white. It oh, just... that's
1: exactly what it is. It's, it's two things that are horrible for you and somehow taste delicious together.
0: Well I, I think that would be literally everyone's uh, synopsis of Jersey Shore.: <laughs> Well, your own, you have been great. It's fantastic to be able to shine a little light on what is, quite frankly, such a mysterious character, looming in our league. And I, I will dare say, looming large. All you need to do is win out and uh, look have over a little your... Huh? He said, look over your shoulder. Well, I, I, certainly am. I'm actually quite worried about week 14 now. So, uh, I guess with, with that in mind, unless you have any last statements to, uh, to present the league, I, uh, we can sign off.
1: No, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, I look forward to being in the league for
0: years to come. We are too, your own. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I would like to, uh, to thank your own phoning it in all the way from, uh, well, that'd be Southern California, and I, I will amend a few statements. I, I do believe he was expecting Lev Bell to come back, uh, which explains why he talked so much about Lev and why, frankly, he shared with me, I don't know if it was particularly clear in the uh, interview, Lev Bell is for sale, if anybody wants to, like, I don't know, we don't even play a keeper league, you guys. Lev Bell is going to hit the waivers, and that's going to be hilarious. Ah, just say what you want about auto-drafting Jarek McKinnon, but Lev Bell was not a bad draft pick until it was very clear he was going to hold out for multiple games. But even then, like I said, I was fooled. I thought there was value there for Lev Bell coming back, hence giving away James Conner for an injured reserve Devonte Freeman but I, uh, well, I don't have a whole lot left to say. It's, uh, it's been a week and there's a lot of football left, but I am on the long, slow trek to the top. And, uh,